Mic check, mic check, mic check. There we go, there we go, there we go. I hate when I mute myself and I can't hear myself or whatever. I hate when I do that. You listen to ATL Talks Radio, Atlanta's number one streaming talk radio station. This is the Barrington Report. I am Barrington Martin II coming at you live this rainy Thursday evening here in Atlanta. You can listen to me every Thursday at 7 right here on ATL Talks. You can listen to ATL Talks on Apple, Google App, Alexa, Apple CarPlay, and, of course, www.atotalks.com. Now, we have a very informative show today because there's a lot of things that have been going on in the news. I normally do not like to talk about Trump news. I normally don't like to, you know, get into those types of things because in a lot of cases and a lot of times it could be distractions. But I think it's important to talk about this because what is happening to President Trump is wrong. And I'm going to read you why I think that is. I'm going to read you his charges, so to speak. But before we get into that, there's a couple of other things that I wanted to discuss because um, for a while now, I've been thinking or I've been feeling that social media, I'm not the one to complain about Twitter. I'm not the one to complain about uh, social media and um, the type of engagement that I get, but I've been noticing ever since Elon Musk has allowed you to see the view count of your tweets that a lot of the views on my tweets have been very small, way smaller than normal. So I did some research and I started looking around. Anytime I have my show, I do research because I need to know what's going on in the world outside of me just reading the things that I see on a day-to-day basis. And so then today, I discovered this article that came out a few hours ago that stated that President Biden's administration asked Facebook to change the algorithm to censor conservatives and promote legacy media. Now, before I get into this, I feel like a lot of this has been happening, ladies and gentlemen, for a while now. And I think that what we are seeing is that even though we live in the quote-unquote information age, a lot of the information that we are getting is tailored. And what I mean by that is we have all this technology, we have all of these social media sites, but the information that we're getting is not pure organic info. We're only getting info that we're allowed to see. And this has been going on a while now. We see that um, last year, towards the end of the year, and a little bit of the beginning of the year, the Twitter files came out. And the Twitter files basically allowed us to see that the government conspired with social media companies like Twitter, Facebook, Google, um, whoever, um, in basically limiting the type of information that we see or basically filtering the type of information that we are getting upon our devices. And yet nothing happened. Nothing came about this no one got in trouble um you know no one nothing happened it's just information that was presented and that was swept under the rug so former director of digital strategy robert flattery suggested facebook's alter its algorithm to promote corporate news outlets over conservative sources according to documents reviewed by this news outlet flattery made the suggestion in an April 14th call between the White House and Facebook that documents obtained by the White House Judiciary Committee's show and Flattery characterizes legacy media publications as authoritative while calling conservative sources polarizing, according to the transcript of the call reviewed by the DCNF. 
if you were to change the algorithm so that people were likely to see New York Times, Wall Street Journal, or any authoritative news sources over conservative news sources, you wouldn't have a mechanism to check the material impact, he, he said. Flattery asked a question after a Facebook executive whose name is redacted brought up the possibility that public figure speech may lead to more vaccine hesitancy, referring to now OutKick host Tommy Lauren posting that she did not plan to receive a COVID-19 shot. So that's crazy to me. Even if these people who are uh, news media personalities state their own opinions about things, why are you limiting their voice from being heard? Because at the end of the day, people have to make their own decisions. This is why yesterday, um, presidential hopeful on the Republican side, uh, he stated that the government doesn't trust the people. And I don't think that the government should even have a square to decide or not if they want to trust the people because the government are supposed to be stewards of us and not vice versa. And this this article, I won't, I won't continue to talk about it um, because it's really not that much to say, first and foremost. But second most, I think this is something that we should, should be concerned with going forward, um, especially with the emergence of AI technology. Because if we are unable to report or even see the news or see different differing opinions than what the state wants to have, then of course, per usual, this is going to steer certain types of behaviors from different people. And if you're not able to access the news or the facts in an un um, in an objective matter, excuse me, then you're not going to be informed. And if you're not going to be informed, that means that your decision making and your behavior it's going to be tailored towards what someone wants them to be tailored towards. Moving on. CNN poll. Half of Americans think the economy is getting worse despite months of stronger economic news. Despite months of increasingly positive economic indicators, the American public remains negative about the state of the nation's economy, with 51% saying they think the economy is still in a downturn and getting worse, according to a new CNN poll. This consistent pessimism coupled with a stagnant and negative approval rating for President Joe Biden could portend challenges for his attempt to sell voters on the success of his domestic agenda as a part of his 2024 re-election bid. His overall election rating stands at 41% in the new poll, about on a par with where it's been since the spring. His approval drops to 37% when Americans assess his handling of the economy and further still to 30% of his handling of inflation. Among political independents, a scant 26% approve of his handling of inflation. Of course, this goes on to state that uh, Vice President Kamala Harris's approval ratings are dismal as well. And it goes on to give um, some more statistics. Some, and then a, another important statistic is that two-thirds, 68%, say that during this term, Congress has not done anything to effectively address the problems facing the country today. That's a bit worse than just before the fall midterm elections when 62% said the previous Congress had not done anything to effectively address the country's problem. In a notable shift since last year, most now say that they trust Republicans in Congress, 54% over Biden, 45% to deal with the major issues facing the country today. There's a steep decline in trust for Biden among the people of color who do not have college degrees from 64% who trusted Biden more than 49% now. That's interesting. Others hold largely similar views now as they did in December. 
About half, 51%, say the nation's economy is still in a downturn and the conditions are continuing to worsen, while only 20% say they see the economy as improving. Another 28% say the economy has stabilized and is neither worsening nor improving. This lets me know that, and I hate to say this, but it's the, it's the truth, uh, the collective populists in America are uh, misinformed. I'll be nice. I'll say misinformed and unaware of their own situations in a sense. If you want to get insight on how our economy is doing, just go to the grocery store. Just see prices of, of goods. Just see prices of items. The problem I have with this and these statistics and these polls, and I'm going to go on to another article that is closely related to this one, is that Americans have no understanding of American civics or just how the government works or is how the government is supposed to work. The reason I say this is because for 68% of people saying that Congress is not doing their job, that number is low. To be honest, I would say at least 95% of the, of the public, to close to 100, are supposed to have the opinion that Congress is not doing their job, and Congress has not been doing their job since Citizens United passed in 2011. If you don't know what that is, please look that up. Citizens United made, um, or even I would say it corrupted our politics even more in this country because it allowed big money into the political game and the reason i say that is because if you have not yet realized no one on capitol hill works for you i don't care what your team is i don't care what your side is i don't care if you're a democrat i don't care if you're a republican your team does not work for you unless you are willing to pay to play because that is the game now and until americans figure that out until americans go look up these court cases that have been handled towards the um, the Federal Elections Committee and that allowed that allows excuse me money heavy big money to be placed into our politics that they will never get the solutions and the outcomes that they want and it's it's very it's very 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 aggravating to continuously state this and to see and watch the news and see all of these political opinions that does not take into account the facts of that and the truth of that. Americans are so, so, so ridiculously unaware of the power structure within their own country. And not only that, Americans have no idea about American civics itself. This is why if you look at our presidential hopefuls, if they're not talking about the knowledge base of Americans and what Americans should know, then they're not really honest about doing something great for the country. And that is me honestly telling you that because it doesn't matter anymore what you do in that ballot box. It doesn't. It has it stopped mattering a long time ago, a long time ago. And until you see that uh, until you are able to galvanize a large sect of the populace to be able to put money where your mouth is towards the political candidate candidates that you want to them for them to do the things that you want you're gonna every four to two years you're gonna be disappointed at the outcomes and this is not spoken about enough moving on three quarters of republicans prioritize the economy economy excuse me over climate change uh let's see a wide-ranging survey of 1,285 adults found that some of the most critical institutions in the country being held low in regard and that President Biden has some glaring vulnerabilities, especially when it comes to the economy, heading into the 2024 elections. Overall, a majority of the respondents, 53%, said addressing climate change should be given priority even at the risk of slowing the economy. That is ridiculous. They have scared people straight when it comes to this 
um, climate change like mumbo jumbo because that's what it is. It's garbage. It's poppycock, as my UK brothers and sisters say. If you look at the numbers, if you actually look at the history surrounding any type of climate news, and I don't care who I make mad at this, if you look at the last hundred years, they continuously state that this is going to happen and it never happens. They said that we were going to, through the next ice age, never happened. They said a global warming never happened. And then because these things didn't happen, they needed some all encompassing term that's going to be a coverall towards any type of changes of weather. And that's why they created climate change because climate change is such um, a broad term. It covers anything. So anytime it gets colder than normal from what we're used to, then they say, Oh, well, the climate is changing. Anytime it gets warmer, i.e. we've been seeing this, this entire summer, they've been saying that, Oh my God, this is like the, one of the hottest summers in 125,000 years. That's BS. That's BS. We don't, we don't even have the tools to be able to measure how old the earth is. As much as people like to say we do, we, we do not. It's a lie. Beautiful people, you have to start using your common sense in respect to what the feds are telling you. The state is going to always have its own narratives because the state is always having its own agenda that, that is backed by its corporate backers who are giving them the money because at the end of the day, any type of messaging that the United States government put out, they're putting out this government not to help you, but because there is someone behind the scenes that is giving them money that wants to make more money, and they know they can manipulate you and they can pull on your heartstrings and make you make choices based off the things that they say. Almost three-quarters of Republicans, 72% of um, this poll, said that the economy should be given priority even at the risk of of ignoring climate change. Again, that number is low. Just 72%? That No, 100% of people should be worrying about the economy because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, putting food on the table for your family and being able to take care of the people that matter most to you should matter most, more so than any type of hysteria surrounding climate change that has been proven time and time again to be ridiculous. If climate change was real, your elected officials who fly private jets will stop flying private jets. If you look at the numbers of real estate and you see that the look at the houses or the homes that are being bought near coastal areas, near um, warm tropical climates, when you look at the the fact that these homes are continues to be purchased and are not being sold um, in a high volume, that should let you know that climate change itself is ridiculous. That's what people need to start doing when they hear these things. If climate change was real, if climate change was such a threat, all of these wealthy people and politicians would not buy private anymore. They would not buy these um, seasonal summer homes in the Hamptons or in Martha's Vineyard or all these places near water. They wouldn't do these things. But if you look at the numbers and you see that real estate hasn't changed much since people started to believe the climate the climate hysteria then that lets you know that you're being played i'm going to post this article um on my substat as a matter of fact since i figured out or since substat has now allowed me to um post my recordings i'm going to post the articles that come from the show uh, about two hours three hours after the show some some totally random news Two U.S. Navy sailors charged with spying for China. Um, Jing Chao Wei, 22, a naturalized U.S. citizen, is accused of conspiring to send national defense information to a Chinese agent. A second sailor, Wen Hang Zhao, 26, 
was arrested on charges of accepting money for sensitive photos and videos. It is not clear if the two men were contacted by the same Chinese agent. Prosecutors announced the charges during a news conference in San Diego on Thursday. They said Mr. Wei, who served as a uh, mechanist mate on the amphibious assault ship USS Exits, held a security clearance and had access to sensitive information about the ship. He was allegedly approached by a Chinese agent in February of 2022 while he was going through the process of becoming a U.S. citizen. The agent paid Mr. Wei, who also goes by the name Patrick Wei, thousands of dollars for photographs, videos, technical manuals, and blueprints of the ship, the indictment said. The Justice, Justice Department officials said Mr. Wei also gave the agent details of U.S. Marines who were on a maritime training exercise. Mr. Zhao, who also goes by the name of Tumman Zhao, worked at a naval base Ventura County near Los Angeles in 2021. He was allegedly approached by a Chinese agent who posed as a researcher seeking information for investment decisions. The agent paid Mr. Zhao nearly 15000 U.S. dollars for photos and videos along with diagrams and blueprints for a radar system stationed on a mil U.S. military base in Okinawa, Japan. If convicted, Mr. Wei faces 20 years to life in prison while the charges against Mr. Zhao carry a minimum of 20 years. The two men were charged in separate cases. Officials would not say whether both were contacted by the same Chinese agent. This goes on to bring up the Chinese spy balloon, right? And it states that, that the Chinese spy balloon that floated over the United States earlier this year strained relations between the two countries, although American authorities later say it did not collect any sensitive information. Guys, this is something that you have to pay attention to. Um, things like this do not get reported openly, but it, it flies under the radar and it allows you to really think about what's really going on and what's really happening that you're not being told about. The only reason that I saw this is because, um, and I'm not trying to plug this company in, but I love the website ground news because it allows you, or it gives you insight on news stories that are not um, publicized by corporate media and in turn you get to see the different biases of the news that is presented and I found that this is interesting seeing how our or the rather U.S. Chinese relations um, every now and then the the heat continues to rise in a bit but I really feel like the Chinese are playing the long game and we're not understanding this we hear a lot of elected officials um, talk about, uh, or they, they warn us to be wary of China, but I don't think China is going to strike anytime soon if they do. I think that they're using the loan game and they're using um, social media for whatever they have planned in the future. And it goes to show with a lot of the content that is on our social medias, um, specifically TikTok versus what's on their social media and TikTok in China. Moving right ahead, this is something that I found interesting. Republican presidential hopeful Ron DeSantis says he'll debate Gavin Newsom. I don't understand why that is. I don't get it. Gavin Newsom is not even, I don't, I don't think he's running. I think they're going to run President Biden. But to me, if DeSantis, this is what I feel like this is going to happen. This is not a win situation or this is not a net positive for um, Governor DeSantis to, in doing this. The reason I say this is because if he looks bad during this debate, it's going to continuously uh, bring him down in the polls. But even if he looks good, it doesn't really do anything for him. However, if he looks bad, this is going to make Democrats uh, in America feel that Gavin Newsom is um, ready or equipped 
to run for president and they're probably he'll probably end up overtaking president biden but i don't i don't think that makes sense but anyways republican presidential candidate governor ron DeSantis agreed wednesday to debate california governor gavin newsom a democrat live on fox news he says he's game let's get it done just tell me when and where and we'll do it Hannity previously asked Newsom about the debate in a June interview. Newsom said he was all in. Count on it. Asked in an interview if he debate DeSantis for two hours. Newsom proposed it'll be three. I don't. I don't understand why this is even attractive uh, for for Ron DeSantis. I don't understand why they have to debate each other. Gavin Newsom is probably, or the Democrats want him to look attractive. Maybe towards twenty twenty eight. Who knows? But it's a possibility. A very very strong possibility that um, he could possibly run in 2024. And depending on who comes out of the GOP primary, which is probably will be Donald Trump, um, if that's the case, then I don't think the Democrats care. But if it's anybody else other than Trump, I think the Democrats are going to try to put their heads together and figure out who's going to be their strongest candidate. Because in, in my personal opinion, I think Trump can win. I think Trump can beat anybody, but I think he has um, a, a lot of negativity on him. However, if it's anybody else that comes out of the GOP, anyone, they beat the Democrat Party if they're smart, if the GOP is smart, that is. Another interesting article that, that I found very, very fascinating. Russia finds Apple Wikipedia for spreading false information about Ukraine conflict. A Russian court today imposed fines on Apple and the host and host of Wikipedia for failing to remove material deemed to be false information about Russia's military actions in Ukraine. A justice of the peace in a magistrate's court, which handles administrative violations and low-level criminal cases, fined the Wikimedia Foundation 3 million rubles for retaining material on Russian-language Wikipedia pages that violated a law against discrediting Russia's military and spreading false information about the Ukraine conflict. The Interfax News Agency reported the same justice found Apple guilty of failing to delete podcasts and apps with such information and find the company 400,000 rubles. Since sending troops to Ukraine in February of 2022, Russia has enacted an array of measures to punish any criticism or questioning the military campaign. Now, this is from the Associated Press. So, of course, that statement that I just made um, was left-leaning and not in the center as it should be. But I find it very interesting that Apple and Wikipedia have been publishing false information about this conflict. And it, again, supports um, my thought process is that we don't even know what's really going on in the Russia and Ukraine because our media is so biased and our media lies to us so much. What is the truth? How do we even know what's true for or not? And oftentimes, it's like, we possess in America that is Americans. We have such a, a strong confirmation bias that um, we we ha we lack we lack the foresight and the objectivity and the discernment more so than anything to take information and decipher it and to ask ourselves, okay, this is what they are telling us. Why would they tell us this? How true is this? What would they want me to think? in receiving this information and this is what you have to do in this day and age ladies and gentlemen the reason i say this is because in the information age our brains are not wired for us to be or to be fed information in the rapid pace that it is so oftentimes 
the more you the more information you consume, the more likely you're able to develop thoughts that aren't even yours. And that's very important to decipher and understand this. And this is why when you see these types of news articles, you have to immediately question what information are we receiving about conflict that is false information. And if it's it if it is false information, why is it that they're tailoring this information towards me towards the, on this platform? Moving straight ahead. This is I didn't even know this was um, a story until I read this. Or I didn't even know this was happening. Texas A&M reaches a one million dollar settlement with a black professor. Texas A&M University reached a one million dollar settlement today with a black journalism professor after botched attempts to hire her unraveled after pushback over her past work promoting diversity. The nation's largest public school agreed to pay Kathleen McElroy $1 million and apologized to her while admitting mistakes were made during the hiring process. Texas A&M had initially welcomed McElroy, a Texas A&M graduate, with great fanfare to revive the school's journalism department in June. She is a former New York Times editor and had overseen the journalism school at the more liberal University of Texas at Austin. McElroy soon said, after her hiring, which included a public signing ceremony that she learned of emerging internal pushback from unidentified individuals over her past work to improve diversity and inclusion in newsrooms. McElroy told the Texas Tribune, the initial offer of a 10-year track position was first reduced to a five-year post and then reduced to a one-year job from where she could be fired at any time. The 1981 Texas A&M graduate rejected the offer and ultimately chose to stay at the University of Texas as a journalism professor. Shortly after events around her hiring been, became public, Texas A&M University President Catherine Banks resigned. Wow. So, basically, um, they hired her, and someone within uh, the department or some people within the department find, found out the type of things that she was writing about um, in respect to diversity, equity, and inclusion, and they tried to rescind her offer, which is wrong. But this is on the this is on the fault. This is the fault of the school because they should have did their homework. They should have they should have a better understanding of who they were hiring. But this goes into show going forward, um, especially after the Supreme Court's ruling on affirmative action. That schools are gonna, schools and businesses are going to have to do more to protect themselves going forward because I see that right now, and it's been like this for a while, but I see that right now that the race issue in respect to hiring practices and hiring decisions um, is going to is going to turn up the 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 temperature of it is going to turn up because you're going to have a lot of people specifically within businesses that are not going to like. Um, to, or to hire or to want to hire anyone that put places their identity at the forefront. And we're seeing a lot of that happen more and more in our society. And so um, I think that they were wrong, of course, for rescinding their offer, but they should have did their homework. If they didn't want to hire someone um, who had a background or in a past of placing identity at the forefront and placing DEI initiatives at the forefront, then they should have did their homework. So that's, that's uh, on the college. The federal appears court in Indiana opposed a ruling giving transgender students a key bathroom access. Interesting. 
A federal appeals court has upheld a lower court ruling that transgender students in Indiana must have access to the bathrooms and locker rooms consistent with their gender identities. The seventh U.S. Court of Appeals ruling Tuesday upheld a preliminary injunction from the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Indiana last year ordering the Metropolitan School District of Martinsville and the Vigo County Schools to give the transgender students such access. Ken Falk, legal director of the American Civil Liberties Union of Indiana, issued a statement welcoming the appeals court read, ruling. Excuse me. Students who are denied access to their appropriate facilities are caused both serious emotional and physical harm as they are denied recognition of who they are. That's, that's BS. That's BS. They will often avoid using the restroom altogether while in school. That's their fault. School should be a safe place for kids, and they, the refusal to allow a student to use the correct facilities can be extremely damaging. Guys, guys, what are we doing anymore? Legitimately, what are we doing in this country anymore? First and foremost, I don't believe that there are transgender students. I don't think you can be a transgender kid. I think that that term itself is um, an oxymoron. Something is seriously wrong where a child does not accept or see themselves for who they were born as. And this is all because of media hysteria, and this is all because of media psychosis. This is why, again, I continue to say this, um, I continue to say this on social media, and is that something is happening in our country and in our world ultimately because I I've, I've have people from overseas in Europe, and the same thing is happening to the kids over there, where they've been programmed to believe things about themselves because they are malleable. And it's almost like I want to ask, where are the parents? This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. You should put, like, our education system is so garbage right now that our kids, especially after the scamdemic, cannot even do basic reading, writing, arithmetic, reading comprehension, everything is is in the dumps. It's in the garbage. But yet, no one cares about that. No one cares that our kids are not going to be prepared to be uh, productive citizens of the future. They care about gender. They care about race. They care about all of these things that do not matter. And we're moving towards a time and a day and age where tomorrow's youth are not going to be prepared for what's coming. Everyone has been talking about AI. AI this, AI that. How is AI going to affect us in the future? How is AI going to affect our society? And for, rightfully so. But you're not understanding and you're not seeing that we've been relying on machines and we continue to have this um, connection to machines where we're going to expect machines to do all the work for us. And we're totally dismissing the fact that we still have to think. The human mind still has to be able to work efficiently. And the fact that we worry about these things that do not matter, we're worried about bathrooms for transgender students while our students are failing horribly in school, we're not doing them any type of justice. And we're doing them a major disservice. And I promise you, we won't see this yet, but probably 20 years out from now, maybe even 10, it's going to start to show. And it's already showing right now, if you ask me, but that's neither here nor there. Drag artists and LGBTQ advocates sued to block Texas law expanding ban on sexual performances. Austin, Texas. A group of drag performers and LGBTQ rights activists have filed a federal lawsuit seeking to block a new Texas law that expands what is considered an illegal public performance of sexual conduct, arguing it is meant to target drag shows and could also criminalize ballet and even cheerleading. 
The, the lawsuit filed Wednesday in U.S. District Court in Houston by the ACLU again on behalf of plaintiffs contends that the law is unconstitutional and threatens the livelihood and free expression of many Texans, including drag performers across our state. It seeks to block the taking, excuse me, it seeks to block the from taking effect September 1st, the law approved by the Republican-controlled legislator was part of a broad effort in Texas and other conservative states to crack down on drag shows and limit LGBTQ rights. Who did this comes from? Of course, this is from CTV News because I'm, I'm looking at the biases of the, of the verbiage. A group of drag performers and LGBTQ rights act advocates have filed a federal lawsuit seeking to block a new Texas law that expands what is considered the legal performance of sexual conduct, arguing it is meant to target drag shows. It can also criminalize ballot and even cheerleading. I'm sorry, this is BS as well. First and foremost, um, let me tell you what is going to let me tell you what the law states. Um, the new Texas law on sexual content in performances was initially meant to bar children from attending drag shows, which is appropriate in my opinion. It was changed to remove specific references to drag performances, but it broadened the scope of what will be illegal. It will ban real or stimulated groping, real or simulated arousal, and the display of a sex toy if done in a pure, purient matter in front of a minor or on public property. It also includes a definition of sexual conduct that bars wearing of accessories or prosthetics that enhance the female or male form in front of a minor or on public property. Violators could face a year in, up to a year in jail and businesses hosting performances deemed illegal could be fined $10,000 for each violation. Now, in reading that, I don't see what the problem is and I don't see why the ACLU this is why a lot of these organizations are garbage now, people. This is ridiculous. First and foremost, ballet is an art. Cheerleading is an art, and it's also a sport. There is no type of um, sexual suggestiveness in any of those things at all, under any circumstance. I've been to a ballet in New York a long time ago. I've never seen anything sexual. I've seen cheerleaders. As a matter of fact, ESPN shows um, competitive cheerleading from time to time. There is nothing sexual about those things. The fact that the ACLU is getting with the LGBTQ in Texas and filing a lawsuit against not being able to um, show stimulated groping or sexual arousal goes to show how far we have fallen in this country, ladies and gentlemen. This is ridiculous. This is, this is, this is like what you know that we have not reached a note of common sense and all common sense and logic has been thrown out of the window. Sure, we have the First Amendment, but we also have decency. Any forms of sexuality is private. This is why strip clubs are never hosting anything within the public. There is no strip club reading hour. All strip clubs are private and only for adults, 18 and up, right? Yet, we have allowed, we have given... Sick people, and I'm not calling LGBTQ people sick, but there's a, a subsection of them who are sick because they feel that they should be able to express themselves sexually out in public. And no, you should not be able to do that. There is a certain note of decency. There's a line of decency um, that people should never go under because it is how a civilized society conducts itself. When we started to allow, we started to accept, we started to include, those are the key words, certain types of behaviors to be permitted because it made people feel good about themselves. We basically 
open the floodgates to all types of debauchery and to all types of chaos. Now it is difficult to put that genie back in the bottle. And now we're seeing the ramifications of it. And because people have been bullied to not tell the truth and people have been bullied to basically keep silent about what they see, this is giving, giving way to all these problems that are taking place in our country right now. And they're not going to stop. And it's not going to stop until people have the, the intestinal fortitude to be honest about what they see and to be honest about what's going on. From, let me see, it's 2023. Time, our society has changed from 2000 to 2010, to 2010 to 2016, now from 2016 to 2023. Yeah, I give you arbitrary dates, but from 23 years, from 2000 up to now, just the way our society conducts itself and what has been allowed that shouldn't have never been allowed is totally corrupting the civility and the overall decency that our society should have. If this continues on, just think about what's going to happen in the next 10 years, the next 15 years, the next 20 years, if we don't stop it right now. A massive overcorrection is due. A massive overcorrection is due, ladies and gentlemen. We went all the way to the left as far as um, the, the social um, pendulum has went. It went all the way to the left. It's going to go back to the right very soon, but it's going to be an authoritarian right that people are not going to like. And at this point, I don't think we can prevent it. I think things have went so far and gotten so far out of whack. When this major correction happens, it's going to be a lot of people hurt. And I mean that literally. In Florida, they effectively banned AP psychology from schools. So now Florida is back in the news. I don't know how much um, this is going to be reported because it has to do deal with um, – AP psychology, and I'm going to get into it, but LGBTQ content within uh, AP psychology. But I find it interesting that this wasn't all over the news like uh, the slavery stuff was. Florida has effectively banned AP psychology from being taught in schools, according to a statement from the College Board. The Florida Department of Education instructed superintendents that teaching foundational content on sexual orientation and gender identity is illegal under state law, according to the statement. The advanced placement course asks students to describe how sex and gender influences socialization and other aspects of development. This element of the framework is not new. Gender and sexual orientation have been a part of AP psychology since the course launched 30 years ago, the statement reads. The College Board said it can, can't change the course because of regulations that would censor college-level standards for credit, placement, and career readiness, the College Board said in the statement. The College Board said... Any course that censors content cannot be labeled AP or advanced placement and cannot be utilized on student transcripts. The American Psychological Association said any course excluding the topics violates their guidelines and cannot be used for college credit. Um, this is interesting in the sense of I don't know exactly what um, or how deep uh, LGBTQ content needs to be in psychology. Um, I think that this is a fairly new phenomenon, and by new I mean this is recent, mainly because of um, basically it seems that every major institution, either if they want to succeed or if they want to be stigmatized, they become more accepting over or of, excuse me, LGBTQ type content, which goes to show just um, how corrupted our institutions have become. Because it's no longer about facts. It's no longer about um, 
you know, important things. It's about how it makes people feel. Um, the DeSantis regime is at war with students and parents censoring more AP curriculum and denying students the opportunity to earn college credit. This is from Equality Florida, which builds itself as the largest civil rights organization for the LGBTQ community. The administration has already stated that the AP American, African American Studies course lacks significant educational value, instead preferring to falsely applaud slavery as an American jobs program. Now the DeSantis administration wants to rewrite AP psychology curriculum to enforce their image of America too. I'm not going to read the rest of this because a lot of these um, quote-unquote um, non-government organizations or non-profit rather that deals in equality, they don't know what they're talking about half the time, and it's um, complete, absolute BS a lot of the times. Um, I was so, I didn't really, I, yeah, last week I couldn't really speak on um, the slavery issue because I had legal man, and if you missed that show, please uh, go back and listen to it. I'll post it um, on my Substack as well as my Twitter so you can go back and listen to it because a lot of gems were dropped. But it's becoming increasingly aggravating um, to hear the propaganda and the absolute BS in respect to, to slavery. Because the truth of the matter is this. In our country, people don't know the past. People know history. There's a difference. When I say that, people know what's been taught to them in, re in respect to the past, which means that the quote-unquote history that they know is only a perspective, of, or they only know someone's perspective of the past. They don't know the absolute facts. They don't know the nuances of the facts. I say this because... Being black in America means that history is, excuse me, slavery is tethered to you. And what I mean by that is you're not going to learn specific aspects of slavery that is important in order to give you nuance about it. You're going to learn that because of how you look, people how you look, they look like you in the past were slaves on the sole principle that they looked a certain way. Then you're going to learn that or it's going to be implied that all white people own slaves. Then you're going to learn that slavery was so horrible for everybody. And because of slavery, your current present day situation, however it is, no matter what you what it is, even on the individual terms, your current situation is due to what happened to people that look like you three, four hundred years ago. And that's absolute BS. Until we are able to tell the truth about the past and the truth about what actually happened in America three, four hundred years ago people will not be able to let go of whatever vitriol or whatever type of resentment or bitterness that they hold about the past. And it's kind of ridiculous too, because a lot of times, not even black people, but people with them in themselves, no matter their race, don't even know their lineage. So a lot of times you have people that are taught um, to be angry about the past when they don't even know if they come from a lineage of slaves. I think about um, this TV show where this, this gentleman who is, um, he has West Indian roots and he called himself an activist. He called himself a freedom fighter and all these other things. And he was talking about how America owes um, uh, blacks for slavery and all of these things. And they did his, um, they did his lineage. They went back and did his ancestral ties. And he come to find out that he didn't even come from slaves. However, he came from slave owners. His ancestors were slave owners. And to watch, to watch his entire demeaning change from that, it was fascinating to see because immediately 
all of this fight that he had left his body. You can you could just watch his soul leave his body because he was thinking that he came from slave roots and that he was owed a great debt by America and that he's a all of this, you know, pro-blackness immediately left his body because he had to face the truth that, oh, yo, your your family were actually owned slaves. And I find that fascinating because a lot of people have so much bitterness and resentment within them for no reason other than the fact that it's a learned behavior. And until we're able to discuss things the way that needs to be discussed, the way it needs to be discussed, in the sense of telling the truth and providing nuance, that is the only way we're going to be able to correct things. But again, as I continue to tell people, there is no revenue in the truth. There's no capital in honesty. You have to keep up a lot of these these mindsets are a lot of the, the fraud because a lot of people make money off of it and because it's a, the issue economy. Moving right ahead, some CDC health news. This this is from the CDC. This is the, the name of the article. Babies should get new drug that prevents RSV, CDC panel says. The drug developed by AstraZeneca and Sanofi is expected to be ready in the fall before the air RSV season, typically, which is typically November through March. The CDC states that infants should get a new drug to protect them against a respiratory virus that sends tens of thousands of, Amer of American children to the hospital each year, health advisors recommend. Inf infection with RSV is a cold-like nuisance for most healthy people, but it can be life-threatening for the very young and the elderly. There are no vaccines for babies yet, so the new drug, a lab-made antibody that helps the immune system fight off the virus, is expected to fill a critical need. This is nothing but a money grab. Again, this is nothing but a money grab. How do I know this? The drug developed by AstraZeneca and Sanofi is expected to be ready in the fall before the RSV season, typically November through March. In the U.S., about 58,000 children younger than five are hospitalized for RSV each year, and several hundred die. So you mean to tell me the, the CDC states that parents should vaccinate there are babies based on a virus that hospitalizes around 58,000 children and that only kills a few hundred out of millions. Sounds like something we've, been, we've experienced in the past. Sounds very familiar. I don't even have to continue on with this article because this to let you know how ridiculous this is. First and foremost, I don't have to be a scientist I don't have to be a um, virologist to understand that the numbers that I'm being presented with in respect to the need of this vaccine shows me that this vaccine is not a necessity. But again, the CDC, who are oftentimes in cahoots with these um, companies like AstraZeneca, like a Pfizer, like a Sanofi, who are also in cahoots with the media are going to deliver these types of of messaging to prompt people to be like, you know what, perhaps maybe I should, perhaps maybe um, I, I should get uh, vaccinate my baby under something that only 58,000 kids out of millions gets per year. Ridiculous. Some Georgia news for you, and then we're going to get into um, the Trump indictment. Family of man who died in bug infested cell in Georgia reaches settlement with county. 
Georgia's Fulton County has reached a settlement with the family of a man who died in a bag butt and fusted cell in the county's jail psychiatric wing, the family's lawyer said Thursday. LaShawn Thompson, 35, died in September, three months after he was booked into the Fulton County Jail in Atlanta. Attorneys Ben Crump, of course, and Michael Harper, who represent Thompson's family, said the news released Thursday that the family has reached settlements with the county and other identified entities. Thompson's death gained public attention in April after Harper released photos of his face and body covered in insects. The U.S. Department of Justice cited Thompson's death last month when announcing an investigation into jail conditions in Fulton County. The family is satisfied with the settlements, but the lawyers said in the statement, we are nowhere near the end of this journey to full justice. We will continue to work with the Thompson family and the community that rallied behind them to ensure that a tragedy like this one never happens to another family or it takes one more life, the statement says. LaShawn's life mattered, and together we can demand and motivate significant change in his name that will be the legacy of LaShawn Thompson. Okay, so let me tell you this. This is why, um, honestly, my father was supposed to be up here to talk about this. I wish, wish he could call in. I'll probably get him next week. But if you know anything about Atlanta jails, right, so you've had these groups petitioning to close jails when essentially, in all honesty, in all actuality, there needs to be more jails. There is a, a jail facility in Atlanta. I want to say it's Wright Street. I, I, don't, I confuse the two because there's Fulton County Jail and there's Wright Street. Wright Street is closed. Wright Street is able to house probably up to twenty to 30,000 inmates. Yet the Fulton County Jail has an overflow and it has crowding. For whatever reason, this is really ridiculous and it goes to show how government bureaucracy works and it goes to show how, um, and I may get into this before, I talk about Trump because I don't want to spend too much time on Trump. But um, the government sucks in respect to a lot of things. And it's time for us to see this, that the government sucks. There's no reason that this gentleman should have died. And there's no reason that the jail conditions should have been that bad where his lifeless body was found with bed bugs. That's ridiculous. And I'm glad his family won a settlement. And quite frankly, of course, there's no amount of, amount of money that will help you get over um, a loss of a family member. So I'm happy that they got something, but this should have never happened. And this is because that for whatever reason, the city, the city is, is horrible. Um, city leadership is horrible. And I will continue to say that. And it's, it's almost as if that um, the work that they should, should be doing isn't getting done. And that shows with things that happen like this. There's no reason that the Fulton County Jail um, in Atlanta should be overflowed when there is uh, an entire facility that is being unused, that um, resources are being allocated towards that facility, and they're basically just burning money. So I stated this today, and um, hopefully I can get to the – actually, I may, I may just wait to talk about Trump. But I stated this today, and I, I wanted to talk about this um, because it's something that I thought about. And when I ran for Congress in 2020, I was for guaranteed income. I was for universal basic income. And then I thought about it some more, and I believe I was wrong. Because um, the pandemic and the stimulus checks allowed me to see human behavior and allowed me to see that when the government gives out funds and the government gives out money, people have a tendency to not want to work. And people have a tendency to not understand that if the government is basically taking care of you, then you become a steward of the government and they basically control you. And I don't want that. And I didn't think about that at the time. Um, there's a whole bunch of other reasons why I promoted that particular, um, was the ideology, and it's, it's, it's a lot, but I won't have to get into it. But I thought about this um, yesterday morning and the, day, the morning before that, 
and why I feel that there needs to be a female-only universal basic income. Now, I say this in understanding that this will never happen because this is going to take too much money out of the pockets of the people, of the controllers, of the gatekeepers of our government and our society. And they would never want this to happen because government is only strong when the people are unable to be accountable for their own actions and decision-making. But when you look at the problems that we are having right now in our country, in my opinion, that is, the a female UBI makes sense. So why do I say this? Right now we have family issues. The family has deteriorated in America. So you need something that's going to empower the family and stimulate family building or encourage family building. Single parenthood is on the rise. It used to be a exclusive black issue. It's no longer an exclusively a black issue anymore. Single parenthood is on the rise in America. And right now, white women's numbers are um, rising more rapidly than any other race of women. I bet you don't know that. They won't tell you that, though. We have an extremely low birth rate. Um, enough kids aren't being born to replace um the senior citizens that are passing on or, the, or just the people that are passing on. And that's going to become a problem and that's increasingly becoming a problem within the next five to 10 years. And so again, when you look at these issues, there needs to be something to happen or something to change within government policy. That's going to stimulate um, family building and it actually can, can subsidize it as well and, and subsidize this being a good behavior. Of course, some of you may not know, but everyone knows this. Worker productivity has steadily increased while wages have decreased. Now, when you look at a stat like that, that goes to show you that there has been a lot of people benefiting um, from the increase of worker productivity, but it's not the worker. That is a problem. That is an issue. Yet it's not being handled the way that it should be handled by Congress. Why? Because Congress is bought and Congress is owned. Not by the people anymore, but by the corporations and by whoever else lobbies to put things, to put the money or to grease their pockets. Now, this is where the female UBI comes in. The female UBI comes in, but it has to happen under um, certain contingencies. And before I tell you the benefits of it, I'm going to tell you the contingencies that, I'm, that I would want to happen in the grand scheme of things. One, no more family court. No more family court. I'm say it again, no more family court, unless you're married. The reason I say this is because a female UBI, in my opinion, will knock out a lot of the problems that we have. For example, let's take abortion, for example. My personal opinion, it, I don't really have a, like, I, like, like, I don't, I, like, abortion doesn't bother me simply because it's not a decision that's based off of me. I mean, I, I may not believe in it, but that's for my own personal situation. I think that in a lot of cases that it makes sense. If you've been raped, if you have um, a medical issue um, where a life is on the line, or even simply if a young little girl has sex and she gets pregnant, a, a reasonable solution to me would be abortion. Because a little a little girl can't take can't care, take care of a kid, and in my opinion, she should be able to decide that her parents should be able to decide that for for her. Also, the only thing I think um, should be limited in abortion is just the time frame. I think that something around the lines of a 12, 13 week window is fair. However, I think that 
it should not be subsidized. I don't think that any um, U.S. government official or or any government entity should tax people to be able to pay for somebody else's abortion. That's my only caveat to it. Totally remove child support. Again, I'm, I'm taking away aspects that make sense. If you pay a woman, if you pay women in America a guaranteed income, there's no need for child support at that point in time. Now, I know some people will argue that, um, well, well, you know, you well, men need to step up and take care of their responsibilities. I agree, but that can't be forced. The state cannot enforce that. Also, if a woman can go get an abortion without a man's say for a child that he helped create, then that man's money is not entitled to that woman. And I think that that's a fair assessment. But again, we're giving women a universal guaranteed income, which means that just like the laws have been created and set up for the betterment of the comfortability of women and children's society, a guaranteed income for women does the same thing. So at that point in time, there's no need for child support. But also, people are going to ask how you're going to pay for this. So this is how I feel like things like this should be paid for. We should cut out all of the social safety net taxes that, to me, in my opinion, aren't fair taxes. And this is why I say this probably will never happen because this is where the government gets its money. But it's a, to me, it's about promoting a better society. It's about promoting things that going to allow people to be self-sufficient. You cut out Social Security taxes. You cut out um, Medicare taxes. You cut out property taxes. You basically, in my opinion, you cut out government jobs. That sounds crazy, right? It's not. We all have access to technology. There are a lot of jobs right now within the government that can be done without the government overseeing it. What you will start to have, start to see or what will end up happening is that you will start to see people um, create their own enterprises in a lot of these positions. So a lot of times people say, well, no, we need to have property taxes because we need to be able to pay for roads and we'll be able to pay for, for streets and building and things like that. Guys, that can, we can do that ourselves. A person with the proper schooling, the proper education, and the proper knowledge can start a business dealing in things like road pavement, dealing in things like building bridges. And we can get together through the technology that we have and understand how much something costs, and then we can pay a cost for it on the front end. And that's mostly important to me. I think that we have to understand and we have to start paying costs on the front end. Of, of instead of paying on the back end because we pay for things on the front end more so than the back end, we'll have another respect for those things that we pay for and for those services that we receive. For example, public school is the greatest example of this. Um, we pay so much taxes in public schooling that we don't really understand and we don't take pride in the fact that our kids should know more than what they know. We pay it on the back end and we don't see it so we don't care. But I guarantee you, if every parent in America understood that they were possibly paying upwards of $20,000 a year for their child to be going to school, and yet their child does not know how to read, write, or do math, they would be pissed because that money could go towards other things. And this is, again, why I say that a woman's UBI, all female UBI in America, although it would never happen, it would be possibly the greatest thing to ever happen to our country. Because not only are you going to promote family building, but you're going to now are going to allow um, a, there to be a benefit to marriage. But not only that, women would now have um, a subsidy strictly for them being mothers. Yes, 
they could go out and work, but the caveat about that is if they work, they wouldn't receive that, that money. They wouldn't receive that, that guaranteed income. However, if they did it, they chose to stay at home, and that choice was given to them. Now, not only do they have their husband's income, but they also have their own income as well. And I would make it something around $3,000. Why? Because the average rent price right now in Atlanta is probably seven, upwards of to $1,700, give or take. And that's for a, a nice, safe place. Um, seventeen hundred minus, excuse me, three thousand dollars minus seventeen hundred is thirteen hundred left over to pay whatever else, whatever bills that you have. But of course, to a lot of people, that wouldn't be enough money, and rightfully so. This is where marriage comes into play. This is where, um, what is that called? Um, the 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 union of a marriage and the the strength that it brings comes into play. And I think that it, it will be beneficial for everyone, and it it will allow one, um, the workforce numbers to decrease it will also decrease the goods because of course we know from history tells us that when women went into the workforce that allowed the the, the prices of goods to skyrocket and allowed the business to um, take advantage of that with women leaving the workforce by choice because they want to be mothers that creates a domino effect of positive change that strengthens our communities that strengthens that strengthens our families first which strengthens our communities, which strengthens our states, which strengthens our regions, which strengthens our entire nation. I know it sounds crazy, but these are the types of ideas that we have to put forth if we really want a better, a better country, but just a better world in general. I think that if enough thought processes are given to this, I think that people will start to be open to it. And I think that it ultimately will, will spark at least a conversation surrounding on the necessary things that we need to change in our society. I'm going to have this episode up on my sub stack. Like I say, within the next probably two to three hours, it'll probably be 12 o'clock midnight when they post. And I'll post it on my Twitter so that you guys can listen to it because I really want your thoughts. I want you guys to open up a conversation surrounding this. I know I did not get a chance to talk about the Trump indictment. And I will talk about that first thing next week because there's a lot of things I have to say about it because first and foremost, give you a preview. It's absolute BS, 1000% BS. And I'll tell you why. Um, I don't know when, but a buddy of mine is going to join me uh, on the show. He just, um, he's having, he's having a baby. So I don't know exactly when, but he's a public speaker. He's really dope. He's really nice. Um, really funny. And we're gonna gonna have some nice conversations going forward. If there's anybody else that you can think of you or you know, please tweet me that you want me to have a conversation with. Tweet it out to me. I'll try to make it happen. I'll see if it works first. And I'll try to make it happen, and we can get to it. Again, um, thanks to everybody that's listening on Twitter. Thanks to everybody that's listening, of course, in the airways of iHeartRadio. You listen to ATL Talks Radio, Atlanta's number one streaming talk radio station. This is the Barrington Report. I am Barrington Martin II. You can listen to me every Thursday at 7 right here on ATL Talks Radio. You can listen to ATL Talks on Apple, Google App, Alexa, Apple CarPlay, and of course, www.atltalks.com. Beautiful people, I really hope you enjoy your weekend. I really hope you get a chance to love on yourselves and love on others. Remember, you're not able to love others until you learn to love yourself. I will see you next week. Next Thursday, we're going to be live in an effect on the Baron Tree Report yet again. I thank you beautiful people for listening. Peace.